0: Welcome back to the Artie Friends podcast. This is Allison. This is Kara.
1: This is Sam.
0: <laughs> Sam Nottle is here joining us. He's one of my good friends, and he was the first person that I thought of to do our career wellness episode. He's om- for almost thirty. You have
1: no, I'm thirty. Oh yeah, you are thirty. I'm 30 now. No, I'm
0: trying to help you out.
1: Uh, well, uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> You did. We had the crisis in July. I forgot. (laughs) We we had the
1: crisis in July.
0: (laughs) But today we're going to talk about how you got where you are. And I'm very excited to hear about this because I feel like most of the time, I mean, we talk business all the time, but not as nitty gritty as this. So if you guys were with us last year, we had Ashley Stahl as our career expert, and she talked way more about how to find what makes you really lit up. So we thought for this year's take on the career wellness, we would just interview someone who's succeeded in their career so far and how they got to where they are to inspire you guys to push yourself outside your comfort zone. Because I know every time I hang out with you, I'm like, I am not doing enough. (laughs) I need to level up. What the fuck am I doing?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to listen to that episode, definitely just head to our show notes and you can listen to last year's. Like Allison said, that was more of a strategic way to navigate your career. And we're excited to talk to Sam today and just get some personal insight and some advice. So before that, we were just catching up. We had to stop ourselves from talking. So we were talking way too much of good stuff. But Sam was just talking about he was in New York recently and had the best time ever. Any fun things you want to share with the people?
1: About New York or? You were all over. Yeah, we've been all over. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me on. This is very cool. This is probably more cooler for me than you guys realize, (laughs) I have to admit. So thank you. Um, oh my God! This last week has been crazy i uh I was in Miami doing the thing that I love the most in life free diving and spear fishing wow. and then I turned around and on Tuesday, I went to New York and I was at the same convention as your fiance trying to. Yes. Uh, be in the real estate business and succeed and thrive. And um, that was a great convention. And then right after that, on Thursday and Friday, I got the chance to go around New York, Williamsburg and Soho with my little brother and meet all these different fashion brands that we carrying in our store. And it was so cool. It was so cool to see my little brother in action. And doing it. And me, I'm just there for moral support. So it's, yeah, this last week has been crazy. And now I'm back in Omaha doing this.
0: For like one minute.
1: Yeah, for like one minute. Tomorrow, I go to Denver in the morning and Austin in the afternoon. What? And then I come back to Omaha on Wednesday. And then I'm grounded until until California.
0: So the way to level up your career is to fly somewhere every single day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think so. I I think that it sounds a lot better than it is. But you know, sleeping in a different bed multiple nights a week is tough. It's hard to be present. It's hard to follow a workout routine. Clay was mad at me last week. We're set this week. And but no, it's great for inspiration and to meet people and just like kind of open your mind. I'm looking forward to a little chill time.
0: Swinging it back into other wellness areas. Yeah,
1: yeah. More time spent with myself for sure. That's needed. I can feel that. I can definitely feel that. Wait,
2: two things. I want to hear about the store, and also, I feel like we need to talk about Clay, which I recently heard is your new trainer. Wait, wait, wait. yes, we have to. We have to back it up even further because you guys
0: know I was boxing. Sam was pestering me about where to go box, where I go boxing, and I first replied and I was like, "Nah, I'm not telling you." (laughs) I was like, "What the fuck?" So finally, I said, "You can know where it is if you come." So, how was it?
1: It was. Probably a top three hardest workout. And that includes like some of these really long distance races that I've done. I mean, in two hours now, I mean, two hours is a long time, but in two hours, they literally max it all out. It's insane. I mean, I I didn't know how you did it because I couldn't do it. I mean, I was on the ground. Literally, I was on the ground and you know it.
0: I love that. You told me you were like, I'm going to be honest. I thought I was going to be able to hang, but I I didn't think you were.
2: (laughs) If I can't do it, she can't, but no, she could.
1: There's these, like, 12 (laughs) and 13-year-old kids that are, like, pointing and laughing at you as you're trying to do your, like, 35th burpee in like one minute. And it was just, it was so hard, but it was cool. I mean, it was very humbling. You know? Yeah. And that's, I think those are the best workouts. The ones that like really humble you. You're like, okay, I want to come back next week with nine hours of sleep, not eight hours of sleep and have eaten the right thing. And, but we haven't gone back since.
0: No, I know. It's a schedule.
1: It's just, no, I just, we should do it. Like, I I don't want to <laughs> say I have a good <laughs> excuse. Life got in the way and maybe I'm a little nervous. <laughs>
0: now that you know what to expect because before if you don't know how hard something is going to be it's like we'll send it let's just go tonight but then i feel like that is so relatable like there's certain workout classes like at power life like a sculpt i'm like i'm not always down for sculpt like i'm always down for a power one like even now kara does legree. she inspired me i started legree, and i'm like dude i gotta be in the right mindset
1: yeah (laughs) kara do you do legree (laughs) at plank i do Nice. We got to find a way. Wait, to- Have you been there yet? Yeah, I've been there. Okay. It's, first of all, I think Pilates is an awesome workout. I love it. It is. Especially when you get the Legree reformers. You know, I got the chance. Side note, I got the chance to meet Mr. Legree. It was Wait, really, he's
0: a real person? He's oh, wow. The per- founder. He's a, yeah,
1: he's a Canadian guy. And um, he was looking at a space that I was leasing on Miami Beach back in like 2018. Super cool guy. And I learned all about Legree Fitness. Uh, and then mm-hmm. when I came back to Omaha and I saw Plank, kind of fell in love with Plank. I I think it's definitely top three coolest boutique fitness programs in the Midwest that I've seen. I agree. Um, Power Life's up there too, and um, yeah, I've been begging them to give me a shot at putting them in Exarvan Village.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, makes so that much would be sense. really great. I
1: think it makes all the sense in the world, but. You know they have their program and they're they're going slow and I appreciate that I think they're a really smart bull and they have an awesome brand it's a great brand
2: oh it's so good wait backing it up even further I feel like we need to give an intro of how you two know each other because I thought that's what you were gonna say and it sparked me wondering as well but no back it up how'd you guys meet and I know Allison were you wanting him to see if he said the same thing as you were thinking Let I don't even know him. what I'm thinking so
0: I
1: <laughs> okay. So I slid in to your DM to do a pop-up
2: mm.
1: in Exarben Village back in like, I want to say this was probably like April of What's
0: 2020, new wave?
1: 20 maybe?
0: Yeah, I think I, I had, like, like just opened.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was it. And I think I just annoyed you for like a year until you'd have like coffee with me. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's a pretty accurate right? recollection. Because yeah. I didn't know who you were. Yeah. Maybe it was humbling for you because you're like, everyone knows who I am. Why won't this girl email me back?
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm used to that. I'm no, used you're to not. that. No, I, look, I'm in Miami. Nobody knew who I was. So, you know, when I started in this, in the real estate business, you know, I would pick up these phones and I would call people like Sweet Greens or Salt and Straw or Blue Mercury. And I would, you know, I'd start by just calling the front desk. They don't know who Sam Nautilus. Actually, they don't know who Sam is noodle is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, in Miami, where I've gotten a chance to work now for seven years, nobody knows who Noddle Companies are, what they do, and frequently get asked how Oklahoma is because they think I'm from Oklahoma and not Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, they feel like gosh. it's so irrelevant. Yeah. Oh, oh.
0: So Okay, okay, wait, really quick, like yes. a spark note. What does the, your company do?
1: So Noddle Companies, It's it was started by my grandfather 53 years ago, building grocery store anchor shopping centers in small towns across the midwest today we've grown a lot we have a bunch of different verticals we're still in the real estate development and planning business doing our own stuff and and stuff for other individuals and businesses we have an in-house construction team we have an in-house architecture team world-class badass female architects that can design anything in the world we have a hospitality vertical so a food hall a couple restaurants and a few bars and then we have a fashion vertical now now. That's been really interesting. And uh, we're currently trying to figure out how to weave real estate, hospitality, and fashion all into the same bucket. So it's super cool for us or for me, I guess. I think it's interesting.
0: Perfect. That was a great spark note because okay. we'll dive more into it. But I was like, I want to give some context before we get too far. Yeah. So tying all of this together, that's your day-to-day is no two days look the same. You're always doing the most. Correct. And then to tie the boxing workout, how we know each other. Yeah. Sam has left me and left boxing for Clay. Clay is now <laughs> I his have. personal trainer I
1: have. and he's awesome i have to say and you know the gym that he belongs to when i said the three coolest fitness facilities i, I think i gotta group them in there um that big omaha like i was kind of blown away
0: it's a magnificent gym it's huge
1: there's only one thing missing they don't have a cold plunge a sauna, yeah, yeah. And a steam room if they had that i would be there every day every day but it's so nice and clay knows what he's talking about i mean i'm sore today i'm always sore <laughs> You it's went hard. this morning, right? Yeah.
0: Mondays and Wednesdays.
1: Mondays and Wednesdays, but we're adding. <laughs> I think we're gonna add a day, and this week we're changing it to Friday.
2: Okay. Yeah. You need I'm, some recovery time.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, just kidding. I do. I do.
2: You're gonna be Wait, gone. going back to how you guys know each other. Did you ever do the pop up, Allison?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, we went okay. so many directions,
0: and okay, so. I'm also, I'm going to write my thoughts and like send this like really intentional email and I didn't know Sam yet. So I'd like send him these long emails of like why I couldn't do it or like maybe let's do it then. And then, okay, the first time we actually met was when, for like Curtis's position.
1: Yes. Oh my so, God. Yeah.
0: So then I was like, I'm, new way of staying where it is. And then you are like, well, maybe you could come work for me. And I was, I with think. With me. I, work with me. Oh, thanks.
1: Yeah. Nobody works for me.
0: That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. it's it a lot it's,
1: about I, No, but it's a,
0: that's important. Well, I considered it. I did highly. And in my head. I remember that. Yeah. I, I even said this on the Costa Rica trip because people were like, have you ever considered like a job job? And I was like, one time. Sam. <laughs> At least I got
1: a consideration.
0: <laughs> and, and in my head, it was just the timing. And I was like really considering it. But apparently I didn't relay that to you because you didn't like my long emails.
1: I le- no, I, I read your long emails. or I, I read <laughs> your long emails. And no, I look, I, I'm not going to stop annoying you until we figure something out. I have something in my head. I've been pitching it to Clay.
0: Dude. Oh, wow. He's kept a secret.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it could take 10 years. It could take 20 years. But I have this. He's thing playing the
2: long head. game.
1: And I know we're not supposed to work together. I know that was a rule that we set, but I'm gonna just find a way to make it
0: your idea. That's good reverse psychology. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's actually the best way to get Allison to do something I feel like she's one of those people. You've said it, that if someone tells you to do something, then you don't want to do it, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's all in timing. But then mm-hmm. the sad thing
0: was you thought I ghosted you over that um, job.
1: Oh, I think there was a miscommunication.
0: I thought I sent a voice memo and then it like disappeared. Well,
1: <laughs> I don't really recall.
0: You're very busy.
1: And I just get distracted sometimes. But no, there was no love loss. And I think like, I don't know what happened. Like maybe six months later, I picked up the phone and called you and it was like... Yeah, and then we
0: talked about doing mushrooms and we're like, cool. The gang's back. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Yay.
1: I remember one of our first conversations, I was like 65 days into a 90-day dopamine fast. And I was like feeling it. And I, I was pacing outside of my office in Miami. And you and I, I think we spent like two hours on the phone together. And it was like one of the first times that you and I really spoke. I, this would have been like, it's weird that I remember this, but like end of February or beginning of March of 2022, 22, yeah, 22. So about two years ago. And, um, I remember you telling me that you were sober and that you'd been sober now for like, I think maybe at that point, what, like eight or nine months, Yeah, like a good yeah, that's a, a exact good math, yeah. piece of time. Yeah. And, um, no, I just remember we had a great conversation about retail and people's experience in retail and consciousness i mean because it got deep right
0: yeah and it was like a tuesday morning
1: yeah well that's normally what happens yeah
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't feel like i get calls from you after 10 a.m it's always like you're driving around you're doing something and you're like "Mm, i'm gonna call
1: yeah exactly (laughs) but no i remember i i was walking around the sunset harbor neighborhood after a while because people in my office were like why is he just pacing (laughs) i don't know we we found a plan to conquer the world or something
0: that That sounds about right yeah (laughs) (laughs) mm <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, to, so to bridge that gap, basically, we were like going to try to work together. And Sam and I are idea people, and we always got 10,000 ideas going. And we've kind of been on this similar journey together of over-prioritizing work and then letting other things slide. And I feel like the wellness series last year was really what made me be like, oh, succeeding in your career isn't the only way to have a successful life. Shocker. Rest is important. Boundaries are important. Saying no is important. And I feel like that was something we really could connected on like over the last year.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting year.
0: And so I feel like once we finish catching up, I also want you to share some of the downsides of what all of your career success has been like, because I think it's healthy for people to know like the backstory, like you see a hot influencer and you're like, okay, but what have you sacrificed?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I think that unfortunately, I could fill this whole podcast with my mistakes and, you know, just tough things that I've had to go through or that still I still, like, go through both like external internally and then internally yeah cuz it's not all perfect and you know we're on this pursuit right we're always trying to get i don't want to say better, but maybe more real or more in touch with ourselves to be the best version of ourselves from within, because then hopefully we could be the best version of ourselves to everybody else, right? And just because you've got a bunch of businesses or you're doing all these crazy things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're really in touch with yourself and the hard truths. So my life, uh, the last year or two, and certainly for 2024 is going to be, you know, how do I confront some of these like hard truths of mine that maybe people don't see. So yeah, I could fill this whole hour, two hours or however long we're talking with that.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess before that, should we do our housekeeping and say our peaks of the week, read our listeners' peaks and then get right into it? Yes, that is perfect. You can start if that's cool. Yeah. My peak of the week this week is very boring. I had a very chill weekend at home and I got myself organized, went through some drawers, cleaned them out. Just a very admin weekend to get myself into Monday, not feeling stressed and not having the Monday scaries. I love that. I (laughs) I think that's that's actually a very underrated peak of the week. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. No, I literally sat at home and did not leave. I was like, I need this.
0: Some
1: weeks, my peak is folding my laundry and reorganizing (laughs) my closet because I find so much peace in that.
0: Very satisfying. Oh my
1: gosh. And vacuuming. What was your peak? My peak this week was a substantial one. Okay, so the listeners probably don't know, but my favorite thing to do in life is be in the ocean freediving and graduating from that spearfishing. And so I've had this unbelievable 10-year spearfishing, spearfishing career. And uh, last Monday or this Monday, I got a fish that I have been searching for for like six years. It's taken me through two girlfriends. <laughs> 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 but I got my first Wahoo and uh, I got to enjoy eating it with all my friends on, on Monday night. And that was just so cool. It was, just, it was awesome. It was the fish that I've always wanted. And I had to fight a bunch of sharks. And it was just, it was perfect. Like, it was awesome. So,
0: your free diving score- stories scare me.
1: I have to show you. The vi- oh, I showed you the video. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we can, if you post it somewhere, we I'll, can link it.
1: Okay. I'll post it. I'll post it.
2: I just looked up a Wahoo fish. What was your It's a big fish.
1: Yeah, it was nice. It was like 45 pounds. It was a big one. And it was just such an amazing day. We go, so we go like two and a half hours south of Miami off the coast of Key Largo in about 150 feet of water. And it was Monday morning. So nobody's there. And I had been watching the weather patterns with my buddies for like two weeks. And so the, the moon was right. The tide was right, there was no wind. It was a super calm day and the water was just so blue. I mean, you could see to the bottom at 150 feet and they drop you off. And the current takes you north past this wreck called the... Well, I can't say the wreck because that would give our coordinates away. My friends would get pissed about that, but...
0: Oh, is that a thing?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a thing. But everybody knows this wreck.
0: So did you reveal too much already?
1: No, because they already know. I mean, they might. I might get a text from Ignacio saying, hey, come on, bro. But no, I don't know. (laughs) Do a lot of spear fishermen listen to this podcast? I
0: don't think any. (laughs) Could be wrong. They might
1: after this. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's giving coordinates away.
2: We're going (laughs) to caption it. Spear fishermen. Best tip. Oops. <laughs> Change the title
1: no, Spear Fisherman Gives locations Of monster fish That's what you It's going to gonna be
2: our most Downloaded
0: episode From that
2: <laughs> our, our demographics it. Are messed up forever <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be surprised <laughs>
1: no but it was just it was amazing everything worked and i got to be in the water with my two best friends in miami and um we saw a lot of sharks a lot of bull sharks and we saw a lot of wahoo and not much else which was kind of perfect because i love sharks and i love wahoos and that was good we we got a full boat so it was cool very cool all right what was yours
0: i told sam that i would consider having a bite of that fish oh wow
1: it's so good they bite. even named a, a taco spot, <laughs> Wahoo Fish Taco after it.
0: Oh, in Lincoln? Yeah. Wahoos. Wahoos. Wow. Yeah. It's all clicking. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, My peak was that my friend had their baby's one year birthday. And I'm not going to lie. I've always been like, I'm not having kids, but seeing people that raise children well and like integrate it seamlessly into their life. I'm like, okay, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. You guys are just blinking at me because I'm...
1: (laughs) No, it's so weird. That just got me thinking like everybody I know, all my friends are having babies or had babies in 2023. And I'm, I'm looking around and it just, it's beautiful. And my friend literally had a baby two weeks ago. And I got to see him and his wife like together as a team. And there was just like this point right before I went on this trip where I I went over to their house and they were like smiling and just giggling over the baby. And it was just so cool to see them come together as parents.
0: Yeah, see them in a very different way. Yeah,
1: it's cool. It's cool. It's very cool. It's aspirational. It is. For me.
0: And always. I can see how at some point, once you've checked a lot of your own boxes, mm-hmm. that that's like, okay, it's time. And I don't feel like until the last year that I've ever even had that thought. I was always like, no, Yeah, it's, softening.
1: It's growing. I think I called you after it It clicked in my head. I was like, I, you remember that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. Because <laughs> we're on a mission to find, fi- finding Sam a wife that yeah. wants children.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that can tolerate me. So <laughs> that'll, be an, that'll be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Slide in the DMs.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to pin me down. It's, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, it's 444.
0: It's my favorite time. Okay, listener peaks of the week. Let's do it. All right. Danielle said, joining a new writing group. Danielle was on the Costa Rica trip, and we are supporting her entering her author stage. So this is amazing. We love that for you, Danielle.
2: Well, in honor of Allison having a, kin- a likening to kids now. Don't take it that far. <laughs> <laughs> Anna said, taking my two-year-old niece to see airplanes. That's really cute.
1: Okay. Katie from Austin enjoys weekend getaways in Northern Michigan with her fiance. Like that sounds pretty nice, actually. I would like that.
0: That's what you that's on your vision board.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, no social media, turn my phone off for a little while. I mean, maybe I'd even go crazy and say no email for a couple of days. Go crazy. <laughs> you know, which would not be the worst thing in the world for me. And not having the stimulation of the ocean right there and making me look at a lake that's cold. You'd get quality mm-hmm. time with Sam. And then, and, or Sam would get quality time with himself and that one other person. <laughs> and that, that would be nice, I think. Like pulling teeth for the first hour or two, but be nice.
0: It would be hard for you to settle into that?
1: I think so. I, I'm learning how to settle into those things. And now I'm like, I think I'm craving it. Actually, no, I'll take away the modifier. I'm, I am craving it. I'm craving something a little bit less traditional for me than going to Miami and being on the boat and having all those stimuluses. Mm. Uh, I think being up in northern Michigan on a lake with my fiance it would be nice.
0: I love this. We're oh. all coming out with our honest truths yeah. on today's episode. Yeah. Kara, do you have anything vulnerable to share?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any hard truths to say, but if I think of one, I'll say it. We'll <laughs> I'll just back. interrupt the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> As always, send in your peeks on our Instagram page or your friends podcast. Make sure you enter our listener of the week giveaway. We give away $10 every week to our listeners and our Instagram followers. So follow us there, send us that you've rated and reviewed the podcast, just DM us that, and then you're entered. Of course, bonus entries, showing us your story, liking, commenting, all the fun things. So that's all the updates. Let's get into it.
0: As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They are the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often, but I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week and I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with the Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, already friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at RosettaStone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Artie Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey.
2: This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates. It lifts. It does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have this superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level, comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash alreadyfriends and you can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash alreadyfriends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast.
0: You should read Sam's official biography. Is that what you call it? A biography?
1: Yeah, my chat GBT one.
0: <laughs> is that what it's
1: from? <laughs> For sure.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, your LinkedIn one? Or I
1: think so. The yeah, one I mean, on the I website. I a little bit. Actually, I, I also had some people help me. Ryan Lynch from Scott. He helped me. Wow. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah. fun. Okay, so this is Sam's bio. Sam attended the University of Miami, double majoring in real estate and finance. After graduating in 2016, he began his real estate career with the Comras Company in Miami, Florida. As an Omaha native, Sam now splits his time between Omaha, Miami, continuing his duties with Comras as well as on the Noddle team. His expertise in retail leasing and development stems from his impressive involvement with the iconic Miami mixed-use redevelopment, Cocoa Walk, and various other properties throughout Coconut Grove, Miami Beach, Coral, Gables, Wynwood, Miami River, and downtown. Since taking his talents to Omaha, Sam has been responsible for a retail rejuvenation of XR village, including new concepts and experiences to the development. Here you are.
1: (laughs) Where did you get that one? Did you get that one from the website? Because I didn't read that one or I didn't, I didn't write that one.
2: (laughs) I have my sources. I can't reveal. (sighs) Nice. nice. Is it factual?
1: Yeah, it's all factual. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they maybe made my talents seem a little better than they are. But. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, well,
2: and a quick definition I would I wanted to share too is that occupational wellness is the dimension of wellness that emphasizes the importance of finding personal satisfaction and enrichment in one's work. So contributing to a positive work-life balance and fostering a sense of purpose and fulfillment in one's professional endeavors. How would you rank your career wellness? <laughs> yeah. Where oh, are you sitting that's at? That's
1: a good question. My career wellness. You know, I feel good about it. Like there's a lot, a lot of things that I need to work on, but I would say 7 depend well, it depends on the day, right? I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm a 10 for sure. It's a 10 today. You know, some days it's like, okay, my dad and I got into an argument. You know, part of my, <laughs> of my career right now is I'm, I'm in a family business with my father and my brother and, you know, he's usually right. I'm usually not. He's got some wisdom on me, but we battle. And so we're, we're battling a little bit right now, but I love him and he's probably right, but still going to battle with
0: him. Your dad's a good guy, though. So is your brother. He
1: is. You they're both. They're good.
0: great family. Yeah,
1: they're, I'm, I'm lucky. And he's just an awesome mentor and a great father, an even better father. But yeah, we're battling right now. I wish we could do jujitsu.
0: <laughs> just get it all out. Yeah, I wish.
1: <laughs> I, I wish I could take him to a boxing class. Okay, so kind
0: of with that, you went to high school here in Omaha, but then you decided to go to college out of state. Why did you decide to go to college out of state? And then after you finished that story, how did you come back here?
1: Okay, so I went to Westside High School. And then from Westside, I actually got asked to play soccer for UNO. And I wasn't smart enough at the time to get into the University of Miami in the fall semester. So the University of Miami said, Sam, you can come, but it has to be in the spring. And um, I always wanted to go to Miami because I wanted to study marine science. Just side note, my very first job was at Dive Ventures. And I've been a scuba diver since I think like 11 maybe. And so I always wanted to move to Miami to be in you know, near the water and in the water and study the water. And um, so I played soccer at UNO, and that was the best decision that I ever made. I wasn't very good, but I got put in situations that, you know, I probably shouldn't have been put in and that made me grow up and learn. And that was one of the best things that I ever did for myself. And it also, you know, gave me exposure to working on a very high level, high functioning team. And I can tell you that I, I don't think I was a very good soccer player, but I do think that I was a very good teammate. And I think, you know, that was very, very helpful, especially now leaning back on those experiences. But then I transferred to the University of Miami right after the first soccer season. And when I got in and I started studying marine science and, you know, I had to go to calc and organic chemistry and you know differential equations was in my future and I sat around I think there was this one day I remember it pretty clear as day I had just smoked a big bong rip (laughs) and I walked into calculus but not calculus for the business students calculus for the science students and I looked around at all these kids and I I mean they're so smart and they're gonna go and they probably have done amazing things and I just thought to myself like is this really where you see yourself and I had gotten into the business school and my entire life, I was like just fascinating with with what my grandfather and my dad had been doing. And I was actually fascinated even more with architecture. But I knew in order to be an architect, I had to go through that calc class, which I was not going to do that. And uh, so I transferred into the business school and um, I took one little stint studying ecosystem science and policy. So that's a story for another time. But eventually got myself into the business school and started studying real estate. And my junior year, I got the chance to go work for uh, what they call like a real estate investment trust, a REIT. And this REIT is called Acadia. They're based in New York City. And all Acadia did or does still to this day is buy very, very high-end retail properties in major markets throughout the U.S. So Michigan Avenue in Chicago, Fifth Avenue and Madison Avenue in Soho, New York, Lincoln Road in Miami. And I went on to their acquisitions team. And so I lived at the NYU dorms over at 16th and Broadway and until I got kicked out, but that's a different story. And I would go up, I would ride the train up to Marinac, and they took away my mouse and they made me underwrite. I remember it was the original Wells Fargo bank branch in Union Square in San Francisco without a mouse, only using Excel hotkeys. And that took
0: me- You mean a computer mouse? Yeah. Okay.
1: So I had to do the, the whole financial model without a mouse, which was so hard for me, but it was amazing because that's how I learned the real estate oh. business was on a computer doing the math, doing the numbers. And so so then I moved, I went back to Miami and I realized I needed to know the numbers. And I also realized that I wanted to be a broker. I wanted to be out there and I wanted to do retail. So I got my real estate license while I was at the university and I got Dr. Houston, who played such a big role in my career. She allowed me to double major. At that time I was the first to double major in real estate and finance at the university of Miami. I think that's because there was a lot of overlap in the classes. So it was kind of like tacking on a major without mm-hmm. really doing all the work, but I, I, did, I did the work. I had to take a couple extra finance classes. And then she actually helped me get an internship with Michael Comras, who today is, is my mentor. And that's just been so unbelievable in my career. Like the mentors that I've been able to have, whether it be in the real estate business, the hospitality business, free diving and spearfishing mindfulness and wellness. Um, You know, my mentors are, they really make up who I am. And so Michael has just been an unbelievable mentor for my real estate career. But I remember I, I, at the time, this would have been 2015, Michael was all over the news because he was selling this building on Lincoln Road, which is one of Miami Beach's kind of main retail corridors to the owner of this fashion brand Zara. And he was selling it for at the time it was the largest transaction in miami-dade county history he bought the building the year i was born 1993 for 12 million and he sold it to armancio ortega for 375 million dollars and he over the years had brought in nike and apple and capital one 360 and the gap and intermix all to this one building and um I remember taking the news article to Dr. Houston, and she would even, she, she would laugh if she heard the story. And I said, Dr. Houston, uh, I want to go work for Michael Comrade. I know he used to be a student of yours. She laughed and she said, you know, good luck. Like the only way you're ever going to get an opportunity to go work for him is if you do a deal with him outside of school and he's impressed with you. I was like, okay, well, if anything comes up, I'm graduating in the spring. I already have my real estate license in Florida and I would do anything for an internship. And so about six weeks later, I was parting in Columbia and I get an email from Dr. Houston. Hey, Michael is interviewing for an internship. Do you want to interview? So I flew back, I put my suit and tie on and the job for the internship was I got paid 35 cents for every email that I added to their database of, of, you know, like different tenants and business owners. And so, you know, I did that for two months. I sat there for 10 hours a day, three days a week because it was my final semester. So I didn't have a lot of classes. And, you know, I went there and I just soaked everything up and I talked to people and I asked questions and they saw me working. And then I got smart and I uh, asked them if transparently, if it would be okay, if I went and tried to buy the emails. And so when I was in eighth grade, I started this little car detailing business and I would wash everybody's Ferraris and Bentleys and things like that. And, you know, this was probably 20 years ago, almost. And back then Omaha didn't have all the fancy cars that it has today. And so there was a very small group of guys and gals that had these cars. And one of them owned this big company called Info Group. And they were like this data company. So I went to Info Group and I negotiated this contract to buy 20,000 emails at 20 cents on the dollar. And I flipped it to Comrade's company for Mm. 35. And at that same point in time, I had two job offers from other groups in Miami. And I went to him and I said, look, this is, you've seen my work ethic, Sam, not all my values, and I'd love to come and work for you. I like retail. And I think what you're doing is very interesting. And I'm really interested in a mentor. And, uh, I was like, I have these other opportunities, but I'd like to be with you. And he said, okay, well, you come. And still to this day, I hold my my or my Florida license at the Comrades Company. And I just closed a deal there in Coral Gables, the melting pot. We don't have that in Nebraska, but it was like a fondue fondue restaurant. So we just put that on Miracle Mile uh, last Friday. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into the real estate business in Miami. And then I ended up working just solely in Miami up until 2020. And I had unbelievable career. I got so lucky. I got put in all these situations, primarily because of mentors um, that I wasn't old enough for, or I didn't have the wisdom for, or the experience for, and I learned. And at first I was a fly on the wall in these transactions. And then it led into me leading the transactions. And there were so many mistakes along the way. I think I blew up a few deals. I made some people mad, but I made a lot of friends. And I think everybody appreciated the Midwestern work ethic and our values. And if we look into somebody's eyes and we tell them we're going to do something, we're going to do it. It might take us a little longer, but we communicate that it's taking us a little longer. And that Midwestern set of values, if you really live by those, I think it can take a person really far. So then fast forward to 2020 COVID happens. And I remember where I was exactly when I made the decision to, uh, to go back. I was on the boat. It was March 11th of 2020. And I remember it was March 11th because on March 10th, I lost the biggest real estate transaction of my career at that time. It fell apart. And I was all bummed out. My dad was in town and we were out on the boat. We have a small boat in Florida that we used to fish and I was out there with a friend of mine who's this Venezuelan guy who's a top five spear fisherman in the world right now. Jose Freediver is his Instagram tag, but um, he's a mentor of mine and he's always given me great fishing advice, but more importantly, he's given me great wisdom and perspective. And, you know, my dad was nervous because all of the, the country was shutting down and he was on the phone with our CFO and our lenders. And my friend Jose said to me, he's like, Sam, look if you stay in Miami, we're going to have the best fishing ever. There's no, nobody's going to be out on the water. It was cracked down and we're going to have the time of our lives. But if you go back, you're going to get to see your dad in action and you may never get to see him doing these kinds of things and having these kinds of conversations. And so I took his advice and I came back and for the first few months, all I did was listen. I was a fly on the wall. every conversation I I would listen to him and I would bring my notepad and I would take notes and um, I would reflect on those and I would ask him questions. And I got the chance to learn about our business that way. And then, then I went and I did rent relief negotiations based on his negotiations with our lenders, with our tenants. And it was a great way for me to learn the portfolio. And to meet the tenants that, who are our partners, who lease space from us, you know, and I say partnership because, you know, they may lease space from us, but we have to work for them. It was great. And so yeah, I've been here, uh, really, I don't really split my time too much anymore. I still have a place in Miami, but I, I would say 90% of the time I'm in Omaha and it's been that way for about a year and I don't have any regrets. I do like it. I miss Miami sometimes, but you know, Omaha is a really special place in the And I keep going back to that Midwestern set of values and the people and something cool happening in the city right now. And, you know, it's it's fun to be a part of and to learn with all these people.
2: Great insight. And I have a follow-up question of how would you say that your goals have affected you? Did you set really specific goals to get to you to where you are now? I know it sounds like you had a lot of drive and hustle clearly from getting that internship and just taking that initiative to learn and to get yourself into that position. But do you feel like you are where you are in your career because you had a very specific vision of what you wanted? Like, do you feel like that's something important for being happy with what you're doing now?
1: Absolutely. You know and it's so funny cuz like visions they they constantly come up and I think I've had to be a little bit sharper recently about picking the visions that I really want to explore. But you know, the first vision that I had in my career was I wanted to finish this project Cocoa Walk. You know, when I was in college, there was this shopping center in the middle of Coconut Grove, which is the oldest neighborhood in Miami. It's surrounded by the best demographics in the city. It's the most green and walkable. And there was this project that called Cocoa Walk that just was run down. It was like a mall from yesteryear. And I remember, you know, I used To tell my dad when I was in college, God, I would be so cool to redevelop Cocoa Walk. You know, I would tear down the center pavilion and I'd make this great public space and then I'd add office and retail. And when I went to work for Michael, it just so happened that when he sold the building to Armancio Ortega, the owner of Zara, he partnered with my dad's aspirational peer, Federal Realty, to buy Cocoa Walk. And Michael asked me if I wanted to go and lease it. And so I knew when I got that opportunity that I. Couldn't pick my head up until I had leased Cocoa Walk and the rest of the assets or buildings in the Grove. And, um, you know, I just, in that assignment, I got the chance to work with some of the world's best in their fields, whether it be other leasing folks, finance folks, or architects. And then the tenants that came to Coconut Grove, it was kind of like we got hit with a bit of a lucky stick, to be very honest. But I think it was last year, it was uh, Time Out Magazine voted Coconut Grove a top 30 neighborhood in the world. So that was pretty cool. And I wow. knew like, okay, let's get the Grove done. I'll learn from that. And then I'll have that on my resume, something that I can lean back on. And I mean, it took so much effort. It was, it was really a, a five or six year effort. But to this day, when I go into meetings and I talk to different brands or retailers and developers, I get to talk about Coconut Grove or I can always reference Coconut Grove. And most people in my industry, know of or I've heard about coconut Grove, So that was one goal of mine that our vision and goal turned into a goal um, that helped me get to the next one, right? And I learned so much through that, through accomplishing that goal or vision.
0: I kind of want to explain to people listening what the importance of developing these neighborhoods are in terms of like community and things to do like why is it important to have certain tenants in certain places and the synergy between them
1: Oh that's that's a good question. I'm going see. I hope I can answer that very directly. But okay. So, when I first got into the business, Michael, Michael Comras, my mentor Talk to me about the importance of merchandising and you know why you don't stick a smoke shop next to the nail salon because they just don't go. But if you stick the nail bar, the nail salon next to the hair studio, next to the Pilates studio... Now you're building on something and you create this destination that meets people's daily lifestyle needs or, you know, free people likes to go next to anthropology if they could. Or, and so that was kind of like chapter one. And then chapter two kind of fell in my lap uh, this summer. And so there's merchandising, and then how do you, you build a community? Because that's like the most important thing. If you can build a community, merchandising just kind of falls into place. And they, they do run parallel plas, but like community is way stronger. And so like one thing that we did in Ex-Arban, and I mentioned it earlier is we started this run club. And when we started this run club, like I had kind of copied it from other neighborhoods across the world that I had seen. Like there's this really cool run club in Coconut Grove. There's a really cool run club in Munich, Germany. I had followed on Instagram. And so you in Exarben, we just said, okay, let's start a running club. We're on the bike path. We have, you know, we're in the middle of a college campus. We have all of this uh, office around us. We have a running store here. We have a bike shop here. Like, And we have this great space to just meet. And, you know, when we started the running club, it had three people. And and by the end of it, I think on average, you know, 60 people or so were showing up. Some days we'd even have like 150 because we do like these shoe promotions and stuff. We did two, I think with New Balance and one with Brooks maybe. But it was, it was great because, you know, you would start to see all these people Come out that, you know, maybe they would drink or maybe they wouldn't drink. But regardless, they had just filled themselves with endorphins and they wanted to talk and get to know people. And it became like this just awesome thing to look forward to on a Wednesday in Omaha. And it's a way for people to meet other people without having to go and get wasted. And it just turned into this really cool thing. And I would say one of the coolest things for me is as I look back at Run Club this season, we had like four relationships start and riding club. And as a place maker, place creator, real estate wannabe, developer wannabe, whatever you want to call me, we are here to foster a human connection. Because if we can create places that foster a human connection and get people excited about people watching and seeing people and the opportunity of meeting somebody, then they're always going to want to be in your places. And if you can take that one step farther and create places that make people happy, then they're always going to want to be there. And live there hopefully. And so that's something that, you know, we're paying or I'm paying a, a lot of attention to is how can we make this place feel comfortable, make somebody feel happy there? and get them excited about people watching.
2: All right, real quick, we wanna tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Factor. Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals, make eating better easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian improved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. We absolutely love Factor. I can't even tell you how delicious these meals are, guys. And I just love that you just throw it in the microwave, it's ready in two minutes. I've had some crazy busy weeks lately, and all of my free time, I'm wedding, planning. I'm trying to eat right for my wedding and Factor makes it so easy to do that. They have high protein meals, which I love. I'm trying to hit those 30 grams of protein every single meal and Factor meals do that time and time again. They have delicious snacks, smoothies, and more. I love the coffee and chocolate breakfast smoothie. It's a protein smoothie and it is so delicious. I just can't tell you enough of how good and delicious Factor is. It's seriously the real deal. And if you guys use our code ALREADYFRIENDS50, you'll get 50% off. Again, that is ALREADYFRIENDS50 for 50 percent off your first order and that's at factormeals.com so go to factormeals.com slash alreadyfriends50 to give factor a try for yourself it's seriously so worth it and we're so grateful to have them as a sponsor of the already friends podcast do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is having a versatile high quality favorite feels great but having a whole closet full of them feels even better That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero.
0: What you do on a bigger scale, like let's say someone's dream is to open a coffee shop. Everything you just said mm-hmm. is like, I feel like what people are trying to get across at a coffee shop. We want people to come in and feel welcome and this to be their third place, da-da-da. And you're doing that on the scale of a neighborhood.
1: Yes. And so the exercise oftentimes are like, it is like, what are the things that a neighborhood really needs in order to feel special? So, you know, in my life, I get to travel a lot and I'm always looking at great neighborhoods, whether it be the West Village or Coconut Grove or um, downtown Austin, you know, what do these really cool neighborhoods have? A lot of them have awesome public spaces. Some of them have public spaces that don't have anything some like, for example, some of the parks in New York city, they don't have anything. They're simple. There's just trees and benches. You know, some of them like Madison square park has a small tiny shake shack there, but that's the only thing, but it's so special when you're walking through there. And then there's some public spaces like are the Wynwood walls in, in Wynwood in Miami. You know, they have all these retail outlets next to it, but public space I think is now I it's probably the most important part of a community and it's the living room of the community. I think great neighborhoods usually have food stores, whether it's an Aldi or a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or just your local Publix or Hy-Vee. You know, a lot of them have close access to, to a good food store. One thing that we started doing in all of our projects is finding areas to put gardens because people like to see that. They like to walk around in the soil with their shoes off. And if you could do it right, which we haven't figured out how to do it right, but we're really trying to figure this out. How do you create sustainable gardens that you could teach people at? Because if you could teach them, then they, they really, I think it, it proves out that is a very, very comfortable place if they're willing to learn in that place. Mm-hmm. And then it's those daily lifestyle things. So it's your hair salons, your nail salons, your fitness facilities. I think fitness facilities are so important now. And Like a yoga studio goes really, really well next to a cycling studio as long as there's a nice wall in between that the sound doesn't break through but how do you create these corridors of wellness and what goes well next to a yoga studio that's not a restaurant? Plant shop makes sense or a bike shop Mm -hmm. makes sense, you know, other wellness oriented things. So, you know, usually when we think about big neighborhoods, we think about, okay, public space first. How do we create as many pockets of public spaces as possible? And then how do we create great place for people to meet in those public spaces? And then how do we bring in these uses that are part of everybody's daily lifestyle?
0: And so a lot of your job is finding the brands and the small businesses that match the needs of what you're going for. So you're like pitching to them why your neighborhood is the neighborhood for them.
1: Correct. And then in Exarbon, when we can't find somebody for it, what we've done is we've just created it ourselves, which has been Mm -hmm. very humbling. But I think just an awesome thing for us.
0: Maybe you should talk about that. What are a few things that you started?
1: So the first thing that we started was this experimental outdoor space called Sunny's in Exarben Village. It was the start of COVID and everybody was cooped up inside. And my dad and I were walking around Exarben Village trying to figure out what is the thesis for the village coming out of COVID? We looked at Omaha and all these awesome neighborhoods like Little Bohemia where we are today or Millwork Commons, which is so cool at the entrance of our community in this like vibrant arts district that's now bringing in great hospitality or Blackstone that has you know, great nightlife and an awesome new hotel and Benson that is kind of Omaha's version of Brooklyn, I think. But but what is Exarbin? And we really needed to figure out what Exarbin is because we don't want to be what everybody else is because everybody else is doing a pretty darn good job. So we thought, okay, well, we want to be a wellness oriented community. We want to be a place for everybody. We looked around and we thought about our values, what our mission statement is, who are our archetype customers and you know, fortunately and unfortunately and Xarbin, our archetype customers, everybody. So what we ended up doing is we we thought about, okay, let's create great amenities. Let's build a dog park. And we didn't know how to do that. So we found a local partner of ours that's a tenant with us and um, they helped us design a dog park. And then we did some sand volleyball courts and an outdoor workout area and a great green space. And the green space was designed originally for yoga. And then we built a stage there and started programming it with live music and started to understand that people love live music. And and it's so beautiful to have live music. And then we opened up this little bar. And the reason we decided bar is because we knew that was probably the easiest thing to execute. We've since got into food and have been humbled pretty good, but we like where we're going. So Sonny's was the first one and Sonny's just finished. And it's, it's an Airstream. It's an Airstream. Yeah. A 1964 Airstream Tradewind. That my partners and I bought and trailered back from Amana, Iowa in September of 2020.
0: And it's parked on the park. And then you guys gutted it and...
1: Turned it into a bar. And And so
0: people walk up and then...
1: They walk up and they order and we have a a big pergola that we just kind of overdid it with the plants.
0: There's never overdoing it with the plants. You can't
1: overdo it with plants. Uh, You you got the
0: greenhouse.
1: We got the greenhouse. The greenhouse has been interesting. You know, I, I think my vision originally for the greenhouse was, you know, I wanted it to be like a working greenhouse and um, it's not a working greenhouse, (laughs) but we've had great pop-ups that have led into awesome, awesome things. In fact, I, met our partners from a priori at a pop-up they turned the greenhouse into a sneaker store Um, so that was really special and i think i tried to pitch you on the greenhouse a few times (laughs) and so you know sunny's has been this amazing social experiment and i really do say it's a social experiment it's not a bar because you know we've tested all this different programming you know run clubs there we have outdoor workout classes there from Torva or power life and we have live music there and this next season we're going to pay a little bit more attention to things that are events that could teach people we'd like to kind of build that in and we hired a great teammate to help help us kind of explore some of those ideas and then ultimately we built a community garden with toast that we'd like to expand and add on and you know if we've If had-
0: anyone listening toast is the POS system and the headquarters yes. are with you
1: yes Right, right across the and street.
0: They, most people probably know toast, I would say.
1: Yeah, they probably get... So either you love it or you get frustrated with it. <laughs> but it's in most restaurants. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I don't know where I was. I think I'm just rambling at this point.
2: <laughs> well, I have a question. It sounds like you have a lot of purpose with what you do. It sounds like you take a lot of pride in building these spaces that bring people together and builds community. What advice do you have for someone who is trying to find their purpose? Whether they have it now or are in a career where they don't have a lot of purpose. Do you have any advice for that? Because I love that you love what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest piece of advice that I could give a young person or a person older than me that's looking at trying to figure out what they want to do, identify a few mentors. Identify... a few people in your life, it doesn't really matter what they do. You know, they, they should be people that you admire their character and their values that you think are happy and ask them if you can buy them a cup of coffee and just talk to them and, and ask them questions and show up early to that meeting and you know bring a pen or a piece of paper and, and write some of it down and start to ask them their story. Um, and I would imagine that most of them, have mentors along the way. And, you know, if you can accumulate a group of mentors, it's pretty hard not to figure out a direction. And when you figure out that direction, I I think... You know, at first you have like this beginner's luck usually and it kind of sucks you in and then it gets really hard. And just be prepared for it to get hard. And when it gets hard, you know, (laughs) make sure you know that the hard is usually going to last four or five times as long as the good initially and just stick with it.
0: I have a question about finding mentors because I feel like this day and age, so many people are selling a course or in order to get into their mentorship, it's like a $500 an hour and people don't just always want to meet up for coffee. How did you find people... Was it because they were older and they weren't just trying to charge everyone on Instagram? <laughs> Was it because you offered them something in return? How does someone find a mentor?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I found some of my first mentors through the University of Miami. And I feel like I kind of collect mentors. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you an example for me. So there's a restaurant group based out of Omaha. It's a flagship restaurant group. They have Blue and Plank and...
2: Blue um, Sushi. I bet there's a lot of people listening that know Blue Sushi because they're everywhere now.
1: They're everywhere. They have, I think they have 42 locations across the country. They're expanding like wildfire and they're they're such smart business folks and just good people. I mean I' they're really good people but uh, the the kind of the head business, Mind of their team is this guy named Nick Hogan, and I had heard about him growing up. He's a little older than me, but had dined at his restaurants and kind of heard about what he was doing outside of the market in places like Phoenix. And you know, they were creeping around Florida a little bit. And I had a property that I wanted to pitch him on, and I kept emailing him. I got his email. I called the front desk, and the front desk gave me his email pretty quickly. And um, I kept emailing him, and you know, he emailed me back. It took a while, um, and it usually does. I mean, you got to be prepared to follow up two or three times. But, um, I got a meeting with him and I went into the meeting. I showed up early and, uh, I brought a printout for him. I didn't want to just show up to the meeting with, without anything. And I put it down and I looked in his eyes and I said, before I get into this, I want you to know, I'd love to do a deal with you here. But what I'm really looking for is a mentor. And I'm getting into at that point in time in my career, I was getting into the hospitality business. I, I still have a lot of learning to do in this business, but I really didn't know anything at that point. I hadn't really didn't have any experience in it. And he wasn't like my mentor right off the rip, but we started talking and we didn't talk every week. We talked maybe once every other month. And I started talking to him about my life. You know, I have other hobbies outside of work and we started talking about fishing and he mentioned how his son likes to fish and, you know, I invited him to come fishing in Florida. Like, I was very lucky that I had the ability to do that, but, you know, I invited him to do something outside of work that we shared common ground on. And through that experience, we became friends. I mean, just friends. And then ideas started to go from there. And now we get the chance, we're working on stuff together. and But ultimately, he's my friend and he's a mentor and a peer. And, you know, when I have questions about the hospitality business, I call him. But I also call him when I have questions about life. And he's 47 years old. And so that's just one way I got a mentor. I could go on about how I've gotten spearfishing mentors, but I kind of collect them. And I'm very proud of them because even if they're If you get a great mentor, if they just rub off a little bit on you, you could take that. And sometimes from your mentors, you learn what not to do too. Your mentors aren't going to be perfect and you don't have to like all of your mentors. I had one mentor in my career, female in Miami, one of the toughest people I've ever met. Working with her was an absolute challenge but I have so much respect for her. And she made me better at my job. She made me a better human. Probably didn't even realize it. But having to go through these exercises with her and and having to grow up with her was very humbling and very hard. But coming out of it, I'm so glad I learned those lessons in Miami with her. And to this day, I call her a friend. We'll still arm wrestle occasionally, but you know, she taught me a lot about what to do and what not to do.
0: I just think that kind of gets slept on these, this day and age is it's such a independent culture that I think people have a lot of pride against asking for help. Yeah. And
1: the other thing that I would say, and this is something that is a constant battle for me and and a practice, even especially as I've, I've had a taste of a little bit of success. So I think I've, you know, there's been times where I've gotten a little cocky, but being humble and knowing that, you know, or even if you do know, it doesn't hurt to be humble. It never hurts to be humble. It never hurts to be on time. It never hurts to leave a voicemail and do some of these old school things that maybe your parents did when you were growing up or your grandparents did. People really appreciate that. And so it's kind of hard to overdo some of those things, especially with generation. And I would group myself in there that is a little bit kind of undisconnected, maybe, you know, that personal touch and showing interest and curiosity and coming with questions, it goes such a long way. It makes you stand out a lot. And it's been very helpful for me.
2: Mm I always tell people, read How to Win Friends and Influence People because I'm hearing those bullet points in what you're saying from that book. Yeah. Ask questions. Don't talk about yourself. Even if you want a mentor, when you go in there, just talk all about them. Don't even say whether you're qualified or not or anything. If you leave and you let them talk about themselves for an hour, they're going to love you.
1: Absolutely. You can't We
2: should hire them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, I think asking questions is so important. I... um. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but there was a professor of mine at the University of Miami, Joseph Treester, Professor Triester. He was a journalism professor. And I was a senior at UM and I really wanted to go study abroad. And so they, he got me into this study abroad in the Galapagos for three weeks. And it had absolutely nothing to do with my major. It was all journalism. And I fucking, David, don't even cut this. I fucking hate writing. <laughs> I'm not good at it. And um, so it was challenging. But so my whole thing was I had to write about the marine iguana But I followed this guy, Professor Triester, around as he asked everybody questions. And it was like he would ask the same 25 questions to everybody in a different order. And I just like memorized those questions and I took it into my professional career. And so I I just like I have this like long list of questions in my repertoire.
0: Oh, spill some.
1: Oh, it's just it's easy. Like and it's like stupid stuff like, oh, my God, what are you going to do for the holidays? Like, let's just not talk about work. And are you going to travel for the holidays or? I was in a meeting earlier today and and I was with some folks that were probably a little bit more mature and older than me and we had five minutes to kill. So it was like, okay, what what did you do over the weekend? Then you just ask them about their kids or it's just simple things that and you show interest and then you know you use these questions to build common ground. And then you find common ground, you find something that you can have a good conversation over. So it's like, okay, like I'll go into the the small talk thing, but how I usually ask these small talk questions to get into real talk, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause and they feel safe. You're relating and it's not it makes it way more human than it's just, oh, a transaction.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And people will go out of their way for other people, but not necessarily always for business unless there's like an interest for themselves. Yeah. So it really goes back to What's that quote? It's like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. Has that rang true in your life a lot?
1: 100%. So (laughs) I have this like little slogan that I always say in my head. Well, actually, let me back up. So when I got into the real estate business, I had a mentor and I asked him, his name was Jonathan Carter. He worked at Comrest Company under Michael. I said, Jonathan, is there any, are there any books that I should read before I start this business, into this business? And he said, yes, go pick up The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell and read like, the, I think it's the second chapter. And it talks about salesmen, connectors, and mavens. And the one thing that always stuck out to me was connectors. And so I I have this saying, it's A, B, C. Actually, it's A, B, C, D. Always be connecting dots. And how do you connect this person with this person or take a conversation from this person and start talking to this person about it? And it's so true. It's, It's really who you know and your, you know, repertoire with them and and you know what you know is i think really important but you're going to learn along the way. And if you're doing it right, you should never be the smartest person in the room. I'm never the smartest person in the room. If I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm doing it wrong. You should be with people that are smarter than you that you can learn from. And then you you it just, so yeah, I, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And you got to be humble enough to know that you're going to learn along the way. And you got to be active enough to know that you have to ask questions along the way to learn more from the smarter people.
0: Okay, so with all that being said, you've done very well in your career. Yes. And we said that we would consider some of the sacrifices that you've had to make that your career has come with. And you've been in a season of balancing all of these things. Oh, yeah. But maybe like rapid fire, what are some sacrifices that you've had to make? And for someone who is really maybe killing it in other areas, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel as good in their career, that it is all just a juggling act.
1: And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever you have to say on that. No, I, it's it's definitely a juggling act. Okay, so six years ago, I, I made a decision that I was going to start seeing a therapist once a week, not because I have like horrible trauma. You know, we all have trauma. We all have things that we have in the past that we have to deal with. Some More significantly than, than others. And I think I'm very lucky in that category. But I want to be more in touch with myself. And so going through these weekly sessions with my therapist made me realize that I've prioritized work up until this point in my life. And I haven't given my personal life the space that maybe it deserves in order for me to have a family. And um, so all of this success is cool and it's fun and it's exciting. And I hope that it's just the tip, but going into 2024, you know, my biggest priority is how do I carve out more time for myself? And that's not just hanging out on the couch, um, watching TV, stoned. It's hanging out on the couch, thinking or going for a walk and thinking. And then I would like to carve out more time for a relationship. And it doesn't have to be the most serious thing in the world. But I know that I haven't given it enough time. And I've, look, I've had the chance to meet a bunch of amazing people and I've had really great girlfriends in my life I can't really say a bad thing about any of them maybe they could say something bad about me but I think I've been very very lucky in that regard and I think that you know with them unfortunately for them a lot of times they've taken a second seat and it has nothing to do with them it has to do with me and I've got to grow up a little bit and I'm working on that right now and that should translate into into this year and look like I'm not in a hurry I want to be the best version of myself. That doesn't mean that uh, that's the richest version of myself. It means that I'm the happiest version of myself. I think I've learned it and now I've got to every day apply it or try every day to apply it.
2: How do you feel your work-life balance is and any tips in that realm?
1: My work-life balance, and this might sound like contradictory, is best when I'm working or when I'm waking up earlier. So when I go to sleep at 9.30 or 10 without drinking... I usually wake up now between five to six. And when I wake up at five to six, and I usually wake up between five and six Three days of working week. Not five days out of the working week, but three days. And if I can get more great. And I get like the bullshit done. Like today I woke up, I have all this continuing education that I needed to do to, like for my real estate license. I got it all done before I went to meet Clay at eight o'clock. And you know, that frees up your afternoon to go and and have those those social interactions and the, the balance. The other thing that believe it or not has actually helped me is when I'm eating better or when I'm fasting, you know, I feel better. Like a lot of times, and I don't have a good diet. So like, I'm just going to put that out there. I, I I don't. But like I'll eat a cheeseburger at like one o'clock in the afternoon thinking, oh, I ran seven miles in the morning. Like it's okay. Like I can do this. But then in the afternoon, like even though I ran in the morning, I don't feel good. I'm not thinking great. I'm not the best version of Sam Nottle. So for me, eating better.
0: It's not just because you're going to gain weight from the cheeseburger. like no, It's like, it's the mental, it's the it's, clarity. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, you know, che- there's a place in my life for cheeseburger. And it's more than once a week, (laughs) but it's maybe not for lunch on a Monday or a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would say waking up early, going to sleep a little earlier, eating better, you know.
0: Okay, and I also, how's the relationship with the phone? Because for example, guys, one time Sam was like trying to call me and I, it wasn't going through and you like sent a screenshot of your calls. I should literally pull it up. <laughs> and it was like 532, 534, 540, 555, 605, 618. Like in one screenshot, you were on the phone with like 20 mm-hmm. different people.
2: Yeah. I think that's, that's real estate. through
1: Wednesday for me. <laughs> Look, I'm lucky. I like talking on the phone. I like talking. I don't like texting. I don't like... I don't like emailing that Long much. Long
0: emails? No. Novel emails?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, my relationship with talking on the phone, I think is is pretty good. But I scroll. Oh my gosh, will I scroll. And I, so I don't have Snapchat. I never did. And I never had Twitter or X.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I have Instagram and I have Pinterest. And Pinterest drives me crazy. Because I'll go in a rabbit hole there. But Instagram, I mean, my Instagram is just like, it's stupid. Like, I don't have it on my phone. Curtis and I are doing a break from Instagram this week because... I love that. Yeah, it's good. It's needed.
0: Okay, I was going to say that you had a bad relationship with talking on the phone. I was more coming from the angle of like, how are you not very overwhelmed by... Like, I don't think I've ever been with you for even 30 minutes and you, you've you never not had a phone call come in. Until today. No, you had one right when we were walking in. <laughs> I,
1: know, That's what I, I mean, I, your phone's I, over there, I,
0: but like within two minutes of coming in the door, someone was calling you.
1: Interesting to see how many calls I have right now.
0: Yeah, are you stressed?
1: <laughs> no, I'm. I'm getting better at it. I used to be, and sometimes I am for sure. Sometimes I am. It's part of who I am at this point in my job, and it's something that I see and I'm. I'm working on. But in order for me to do what I want to do to execute my visions, I gotta. I gotta communicate. So I love not having it, but I also love it. I, I do love it, and right now I love it even more because I don't have Instagram on it. But that's the other thing, like Instagram for my work is important, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, it's that juggle. When I first started at Comrade's company, I didn't have Instagram for a year. It was great.
0: What do they say nowadays? It's like, it's not work-life balance. It's work-life synergy or something, because it's like almost impossible to separate so many aspects of work and play now that Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you intertwine everything in a healthy way?
1: It's... When I was in New York last week, all I did was take pictures. I just take pictures of of oh my god, I caught myself going through food halls, taking pictures of the displays that they have where their food is. I'll show you after this, or taking pictures of parks or public you know public spaces or entrances to bathrooms. You know like, things
0: that would help your business. Of it. course,
1: yeah, absolutely, and that's what my phone is filled with, and that's like what my off day is filled with. Go for a walk and if i'm exploring a new city I, I take pictures for inspiration and then i use those pictures in conversations or in or in sales later on and so i've weaved work in with my life pretty good now it's okay like can i get myself out mm. and so yeah
0: working back some of those boundaries that have opened up too much
1: yeah so that's what miami is for me i don't have work there anymore so i can go and just chill
0: and maybe that's the suggestion to someone listening. If they are feeling very overwhelmed in their career or in one aspect of life, you have to have something that's not work. I literally actually I'm going to send you home with this book. It's called How to Not Always Be Working. And it's a little I'll workbook. And one of the first things she makes people identify is what is not your work. And it's for people who have so many things that are, could be work. It's like, oh, well, if I'm doing this, it would help my work. Yeah. And you have to have some things that are just for you, like spearfishing. Spearfishing is my thing.
1: Free diving, spearfishing, running. I throw running in there because I don't go to run club every week. Run club is work for me. We've had this conversation, but Mm. I run most mornings early at 530 or six. It's kind of like my time and I go pretty far. And a lot of times I don't listen to music. I just think. And that's like that for me, like that's where ideas come and go. That's how I think through the day and the hard things that I'll have to deal with. Or if I'm in an argument with my dad, and that's usually where uh, I realize, hey, maybe I wasn't quite right on that. So running has just been so good for me because I can't dive every day here in Omaha. Mm-hmm. But I can run every day. And if I can't run, then I can bike. Also, one last thing, I have an avid meditator. And I don't think I'm a good meditator, but I've meditated pretty much every day for the last four years. And that's very helpful for me every morning and sometimes every night.
0: Do you want to share how you got into that?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a there's this guy, Ray Dalio. There's a big hedge fund guy that I learned about in finance class at University of Miami. And one day I was on a YouTube like, uh, wormhole. I was looking, he has this great cartoon 20 minute video that I watch every year that I would encourage everybody to watch. It's the economy explained. And it's, it's great. Send me it and we'll link it. I will. And so as I was going through this, like wormhole with Ray Dalio, it talked, There was this like YouTube video of him like talking about freediving. And then he starts talking about transcendental meditation or TM, which is this practice of meditation. It's like mantra-based meditation. And it's very rigid. You're supposed to, first of all, it's like $1,000 to take the course, which quite frankly is probably one of the better $1,000 I think I've ever spent. But then they give you a mantra and the mantra is a Sanskrit word or, or slogan. You're never allowed to tell anybody your mantra. And then you practice it for 20 minutes twice a day. So 40 minutes a day. And, um, the, this course, like you go in and you do like a group-based meditation and it was great. And that was like the intro for me into meditation. And so I practiced TM pretty rigidly for like six months, you know, I would wake up in the morning, I would do it. And then everybody thought I was weird because I'd go out in my car and meditate at three o'clock at the afternoon mm-hmm. in the heat in Miami. Then I like started experimenting with some of the apps, right? Like the Sam Harris mm-hmm. one, I think it's called waking up and mind space. And ultimately kind of found the one that I liked and did like a little 30 day trial with them where they talk about, you know, meta meditation and mindless and mindful and the mantra based and all this different type of meditating and I just like fell in love with it and recently I just like I've just been doing it on my own you know I have a pretty good internal clock for 10 or 15 minutes now and You know, I just, it's like how I start my morning. I stretch. I have this little like very quick little, you know, sun salutation thing that I do every morning and I make my espresso and I sit there next to my fire, even in the summertime. And I just, I have that little bit of time to myself. It's great.
0: Before you have to give your time to everyone else.
1: Exactly. And it's fantastic. It's, I wouldn't be who I am without it and I should do more of it.
2: Well, I think you're inspiring us all to do Uh (laughs) these things. Is there any final things you want to say or any advice you want to share? This has been so insightful and really incredible. So thanks for coming on.
1: I reflect. I've been very lucky in my short career. And it it wouldn't be as special without the mentors that I've accumulated. And I'm very thankful to all of my mentors. And I hope that I can be a mentor someday to to somebody else. I think that would be really cool. I think I I owe it to a couple Mm -hmm. people because people have been so good to me.
2: I guess, yeah. Well, before we wrap up, we have a signature question that we ask all of our guests. So to you, Sam, what makes a good friend?
1: There's a lot of characteristics that make a good friend. The first thing that comes to mind is honesty. A lot of times I ask my friends for their opinions and I I know the ones that tell me the truth and I usually go to them first. And it's usually because I don't want to hear what they have to say, but that's always nice. You know, It's so important to find people in your life that cover your blind spots and And people that feel comfortable telling you like right away, and don't let it linger on, hey, that's your blinds behind. you should check that.
0: <laughs> and, am I an um, honest friend for you?
1: Yeah, of course, of course <laughs> um, I'm very lucky i I have you know they say as you get older, your friend group shrinks. My friend group, I have the greatest friends, I really do, and i it's it's gonna be hard one day when I have to uh, pick my uh my groomsman
0: that's
2: a good problem
1: that's a good problem i'm I'm lucky. I'm very lucky.
2: Oh,
0: yeah.
2: My follow-up question to wrap up, is there anything you want to promote? Hype yourself up. And where can the eligible bachelorettes find you? (laughs) (laughs) Can they just slide in your DMs? Like, I'm sure someone's interested. They fall in love with you from your spearfishing, from your advice.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, (laughs) I I don't know. I'm going to leave that one blank. I'm going to leave that one blank.
2: The man is speechless.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I guess I should ask you both, where should I find them?
2: Pilates, Plank. But is that weird? (laughs) No. Actually, you can come with me. Yeah, go with Allison. That's perfect.
1: Now they're all going to, if they listen, they're all going to know, oh, Sam, he's at Pilates to find a girl.
2: (laughs) Well,
0: in the same way, like who goes to a, like if single dudes are at a bar, it's the same thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Power Life has always been so much better.
1: Yeah. Power Life's my go-to. But in terms of like promoting stuff, the one place, er, there's two, um, a priori, which is the new clothing store that my brother and our, uh, three partners open, uh, Joseph and Trey Stefan, they run the workshop down in, uh, the old market and the workshop vintage. They're just awesome people. They're great teammates. And, um, my little brother Aaron Nottle is, is just, it's so cool to see him learn and, and see him just like become, you know, a really, really good businessman. Um,
0: He's growing into himself like he has he good is. style. Yeah,
1: he's you know, he's growing into himself as a human and he's doing a lot of the work that I, you know, I think he's actually maybe even a little further than me on some of the internal work and it's just been cool to see him grow and and just kind of focus on self-realization and then become a great teammate of mine and you know, our partners are are just well, we couldn't do it without them. They're pretty spectacular and I, so I'm really excited about A Priori and and where it's going to go. It's in Exarben village in the old Lulu. Blue Lemon Space in exarban Village. Mm. Right now, we only have men's wear and home goods. But we are... I think we'll probably end up adding some some women's stuff over time.
0: And there's a website, right?
1: Yeah, there's a website. Uh, there's an Instagram. And then I i would be remiss if I didn't say, um, if you're hungry, go to the Inner Rail.
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the Inner Rail so is great. Yeah. I take anyone that is new to Omaha that I'm, when I'm visiting, if I, I had a friend come with me from Kansas City last time and I took her to Interrail and we got the ramen. It was oh, so nice. good.
1: Yes. The ramen's great. Um, we're lucky, you know, we have nine businesses there that are all just awesome partners. A lot of them have great stories, um, and are from, you know, outside of the United States, like, uh, oh my God, Nepal. We have a lot yeah. of folks from Nepal that are just the best people. We just added a pergola in the inner rail. So it's kind of like Sunny's. So if you're free, go check that out. We just programmed a new bar menu and we got a lot of cool stuff happening next year in Exarban that we're excited about.
0: And Exarban is?
1: Yes, yes. Ex-Arban is is a neighborhood that we're involved in there's a lot of other developers that have had their parts in it. The block that I'm talking about in Exarbin is what we refer to as Zone 6. And no, it's not the Gucci Mane Zone 6. <laughs> I don't even know that reference. Oh, you you not know? Zone 6, Gucci Mane. I don't know. I guess I liked trap music more than you in college. <laughs> but um, yeah, so in Zone 6, we have the Interrail Food Hall. We've got a great plant shop called Chlorophyll. We've got an awesome workout facility, Power Life Yoga. Rub just opened up there, which is Rotisserie Urban Bistro. It's uh, it's from the founder, one of the founders of Auchan and Benson, and he just opened up this like Latin American style chicken concept, rotisserie chicken. It is unbelievable, and um, we have Status there, which is a great place to go and find lightly used, really exclusive um, handbags and and. Uh, clothing items from Gucci and Fendi and things like that. And then uh, we have a priori and Le Macaron, which is a cool French pastry shop, is going to open up in two months. So there's some activity. and, And the coffee shop. And the coffee shop, No Name Cafe, which I'm so excited. So we just hired a new or for the first time ever, a culinary teammate. And he starts tomorrow. And I am so excited for this kid. His name is Sam Laughlin. And uh, Sam kind of trained and opened up Via Farina back in the day and then went to work under Ben Mates at A and then has worked in a bunch of other restaurants here in town, like really good restaurants here in town. And for the last two years, he's ran the kitchen at the Lost Rail, which is a country club in Gretna. And so he's coming to work with Nautil Hospitality and be our executive chef.
0: Congrats. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. And so uh, we'll have a whole new food menu at Pops and at No Name. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. So a lot of cool stuff.
2: So basically, Yay. if anyone comes to Omaha, <laughs> go to Interrail. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> go to Exarbon
2: Village. Yep. Yes. Okay, yep. amazing. Well, thank you again for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you both for having me. I I really appreciate it. And Hopefully, I didn't come off too nervous.
2: No, you didn't. You know you were. Right, because my
1: armpits <laughs> are sweating worse than they were on my bar mitzvah. So.
2: <laughs> oh, oh my god! Also, fun fact Exarbon is Nebraska backwards. I remember when someone told me that in like fourth <laughs> yes. grade, my mind was blown.
0: Well, thank you again. And keep tuning in, guys, for more of our wellness series. This was really popular last year. And we anticipate it will hopefully resonate with you guys again this year. Thanks for being here. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. See you. Okay, wait, really quick before you go, if you want a chance to be the Artie Friends Listener of the Week, we have something for you. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for bonus entries, there's so many ways to support our show. Share about us on your Instagram story, engage with us over on TikTok, post
2: on our Facebook group, join the Patreon page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to send that rating and review to our Instagram page, Artie Friends Podcast, and we pick a new Listener of the Week every Wednesday. We'll send you a $10 Visa gift card if you win, just as a way of saying thank you to buy you a coffee, buy you a sweet little treat, Whatever you want. Thanks again, you guys. We appreciate you so, so much, and we'll catch you next week.